I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Well, hello and a great big thank you for downloading this week's podcast at the Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, Sky Sports super pundit Jamie Carragher chats this week's long-awaited return of the Premiership. Rock and roll star Liam Gallagher talks all about his brand new epic live album, MTV Unplugged. Political heavyweight John Pienaar tells us about starting his stint as the dawn of drive time on Times Radio launching Monday, the 29th of June. And Ross Kemp discusses his profound living with dementia episode from his latest ITV documentary series. All of that and loads more still to come. Dapper Dave, tell us who our first guest is, please. Let's get straight to it. Quite simply, football's back tomorrow with Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Manchester City and Arsenal all in action on Sky Sports. Here to get us even more worked up about it like we need it is the (laughs) finest thinker in the game, the one and only Jamie Carragher. Good morning, Jamie. (laughs) Morning, Chris. Morning, gang. Uh, How are you, Jamie? What's been going on? Well, not too much to be honest. As probably with a uh, with a lot of us, with, with the obvious lockdown. But obviously, when we got the news uh, a couple of weeks ago that football was coming back, it was a uh, it was a big buzz. I think we probably reacted. Our users just reacted in the studio <laughs> there, and it, it hasn't been easy really from a football point of view because what's going on has been so serious, and it, it's difficult to almost you know hold your hand up and say you know you really do miss football. But you know I said that at the beginning, and I stick by that. It's a huge part. Of lots of people's lives up and down the country, so I think you know a lot of people. You know, this weekend or certainly tonight, Wednesday, will, will be really excited that the football's back, and hopefully, it can take our mind off a few things and we see some good games. Yeah, lives plus livelihood equals life anyway. So we're talking about the same thing. What are we looking forward to, particularly over? I mean, it's everything's to look forward to, isn't it? You know, who's going to be fat? Who's going to be fit? Um, <laughs> you know, because uh, everybody, nobody's match fit because there have been no match ma- matches. So I suppose it's a level playing field from uh, that that respect. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of talk about players not being in the right condition. There's, there's actually going to be five substitutes allowed now because of, uh, you know, the risk of injury, because the players maybe are not uh, the best fitness shape that they can be, and you know, or certainly where they were when they finished. But as you said, it's the same for everyone. And I think it makes it fascinating, really, that it will be slightly different. No one will be fully prepared 100%. Maybe we'll get strange results on the back of that. <laughs> In some ways, what we want, we don't want the norm all the time. Yeah. Uh, really. I think no crowd in the stadiums has, has proven, certainly in the, in the German league, that uh, home advantage is somewhat gone out the window, and, and as I said, that make it will make it really interesting. It's not what it, it normally is, obviously, with the support they had, possibly the most important things in the game. So that's what you, that's what you want. You want to get back to that next season, but it is so in some ways almost like a different league for nine games, and, and hopefully we see different things and we almost see a slightly 
different game that gets us excited. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned there about, you know, home advantage, and it's often said, isn't it, that, you know, at Anfield, the cop can suck the ball into the goal um, when Liverpool are playing towards them and blow it away from the goal um, when <laughs> Liverpool are playing away from them. I mean, you know, apart, other than that, what have you... I haven't seen any Bundesliga games. What else have you noticed um, with games being played play, play behind uh, closed turnstiles? Well, there's two things I've noticed that I've, I've quite enjoyed is obviously the pumping crowd noise uh, in for the you know the TV viewers uh, for us at home and watching that it is at first when someone tells you that you think well that can't be right I think it's EA Sports are getting involved in doing that and it actually sounds good when you're watching the game there's some sort of noise there in the background even though you know there's no crowd right. there so I've quite enjoyed that and I think what I've seen some of the German clubs do they've actually filled in the seats with banners of the club or famous club banners that they take home or away or abroad and I think that looks better than just seeing you know thousands of empty seats uh, really so maybe having sort of the flags and banners that you normally see maybe before a game actually on show throughout the game and maybe just takes your mind off the fact that there is a nobody in the crowd it just looks better when you're watching it really and to be honest the, the most important thing now for a supporter is, is, is the, the viewing supporter because everyone's going to become that. The, the people who don't normally watch on TV are normally at, at every game are going to be watching on TV. So yeah. you've got to do as much as you possibly can to try and recreate uh, as close as possible as what we've seen before. And, it's, you know, any, psycholo- any psychological advantage for a player is an advantage. And so you're talking about, you know, banners there. That will, that will help the team that has the most banners in the right places. Anything, anything will do, won't it? Oh, you've got to try anything. Now, there's a lot at stake, and as you said, whoever's got the most banners. So I think in Liverpool's case, they're quite well stocked uh, for that. But <laughs> I think Liverpool are the one team that, uh, whose season could be over very quickly, really. That, you know, their season could be over in the game, in that they, you know, they win the league or yeah. a couple of games. There's a lot more to play for. Same with teams towards the bottom, uh, really. And it's just how they cope and react to you know the situation that they're in, really. And I think it has been the teams at the bottom really who've been fighting for every last inch you know, before the season got started for neutral venues and substitute rule, really, because they've got a lot more at stake because they've got millions to lose if they go down, really. So it is trying to get as much advantage as possible and every team will be finding a quick way to try and maybe bend the rules or push the boundaries as far as they possibly can. And have you heard any whispers that you can tell us about, you know, about teams that, that seem to have prepped well for this? Or, you know, have you got any inkling of things that, that the way things might go? Or, or is that unforecastable, do you think? It's probably more, more unforecastable, as you said, uh, than normal, because normally you go off pre-season games, it'll be six or seven of them. It looks like teams have had one game. Now, some teams have, you know, I think Chelsea scored seven, Liverpool got six. I'm not sure how United got on in their game, but... I think Arsenal lost a game at home to Charlton or certainly someone from the uh, the lower echelons of the, uh, the the football pyramid, and so that doesn't bode well for them going to uh, to Man City on Wednesday. But again, without no home crowd, the way we normally associate games with you know going to Liverpool or going to City, how difficult it would be. It's, it shouldn't be as difficult as it was before, really, because of you know the situation with the crowd. People always talk about the crowd, but it's all it, it's the it's the effect the crowd have on the referee. That's always been proven to be the big, big test, really, and how referees sort of react to home crowds and how they're influenced subconsciously. And, and going off the Germany, that seems to have gone away slightly. So we may see more, as I said, strange results where these places that you go to that seem so tough 
Yeah. Maybe a little bit easier on paper now in these last nine games. All right. Now, um, not including Friday, seven live games on telly Saturday and Sunday is the new normal. Can you? Can there be too much footy on the telly? Never. Never. <laughs> we haven't had it in four months. So, no. No. It just means we don't have to watch box sets or Netflix or go through whatever we need to go through. So, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be Sky Sports all the way through. Every game we get and watch. It'll be like... It'd be like a tournament. We were supposed to have a tournament this summer in the Euros, and yeah. uh, normally there's three games on a day. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's maybe one or two you pick, and there's one you're not too fussed on. But you're always having it on in the background to see what's going on. So I'm sure most people up and down the country will just have uh, Sky Sports on. What's the sequel? Maybe watch one or two. These friends, maybe if uh, people indoors allow them to, and then uh, there'll be one in the background, I would imagine. Jamie, lovely to talk to you, my friend. Brilliant, Chris. Nice to speak to you. All right, pal. Uh, Jamie Carragher is back, 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 because football is back, back, back on Sky. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If you thought our next guest was all about loud guitars and getting covered in beer at his gigs, then think again. His brilliant new album, MTV Unplugged, live at Hull City Hall, is out now, and he's here to tell us all about it. Why him? Why not? It's the inimitable <laughs> Liam Gallagher! Good morning, Liam! Good evening, Chris. <laughs> good evening. Uh, how are you, my friend? Yeah, good, man. Just waiting for all this to stop them so we can get back to business man's doing yeah, it now absolutely all right liam mtv unplugged um now oasis of course uh, were unplugged before you weren't part of that in 1996 this happened in hull last year how was it for you well going back to that one in london like years ago i'm sure that looking thinking back now i'm sure our kids spiked me man <laughs> okay so he could get so he could get his own way and that but yeah no i remember being very ill on the day but then waking up sort of halfway through the gig and he was on stage singing all the songs, so that was strange. So, yeah, it was good to go back and, uh, you know, wrong a few, uh, right a few wrongs and that, as you say. So, when, so OK, let's go back to 96 and let's go back yeah. to, to MTV on Planet and Oasis. Do you remember 96, though, Chris? Are you sure we're... No, can we, because... Can we go back there? The point is, if you, were, if you were there, then, you know, if you can remember it, you weren't there, and if you were there, you should not be able to remember it. Obviously, no one yeah. remembers a bit more than you and I do. Um, yeah. Where, where were you, you know, where were you when you saw him... Was it live? It must have been then. Was it an MTV... It was live. It was at the, it was at the Music Hall, I think, and I remember being out that night before, yep. and I remember having a really... <laughs> early night and next minute I felt a bit woozy in a, in a bar and that and I went home because I had this MTV thing the next day right. and all of a sudden I come to on a balcony and he was there <laughs> in my place singing a song so I reckon he spiked me how did you feel that, at that moment uh, I, was, I was devastated man because I wanted to do it but you know, these things happen, you know what I mean? Like, in the rock and roll game, you know, just you never know what's going to happen, do you? No, uh, all's fair in love of war and rock and roll. OK, back in 96. So that was at the Royal Festival Hall, I'm thinking. Royal I Festival, think so, yeah. I think it was. All right, so you were at Hull, um, and they, you loved them and they loved you. Well done. Yeah, no, but, I mean, you know, Hull's a beautiful place, man. It's a bit mad than that, but that, that place uh, where we played was beautiful, the hall that we played. You know, you've done it up really nice and the crowd were amazing. And I think you know, I think we were half decent. And now, how did how did you feel? You know, because you've had a, you've had a cracking couple of years, well, three or four years now, haven't yeah. you? How, yeah, how did yeah, you yeah. feel? Because there you are, you're stripped back, you know, as a performer. However, ironically, you yeah. were backed by a twenty four piece orchestra as well. So, so yeah. you know, it was a it was a beautiful mix, a beautiful collage of creativity. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't go into it any other way. I, I go in well, as soon as I'm in front of that mic. It's, I just give it what I got. You know, what I mean, I don't sing any quieter or any louder than that. You know what I mean? Whether it's just whether there's 125,000 people there 
or there's loads of guitars, you know what I mean? I don't sing any different. I just go full steam ahead, man. Right, and where are we in this Liam Gallagher window of your career now? So you, you understand you're in the middle of writing another album, writing and recording or writing? Just writing. OK, and uh, what's just on your mind? Writing. Mo- as soon, as, soon as, I mean, we're going to start, as soon as, we get, as soon as we can get in the studios and that, I think we'll be away in that. And what's on your mind from a, r- a lyrical point of view? What's going down? Well, just the usual, really, man. It's, I'm not, you know, we always write and sing about love and life, you know what I mean? I certainly won't be singing about the coronavirus because I think everyone's had enough of that. But whereas I think everyone will be coming at it from a really angry angle, I might come at it from a different one, you know what I mean? Like a peace and love angle, a bit more chilled, you know what I mean? All right, and um, Liam, uh, as, as far, you know, as far as unlocking lockdown and playing live again have yeah. you have you got any insight into when this might happen how it might happen have you heard well, anything that you can tell us from people who know this stuff in your business uh, no not one bit i know that we've got some gigs in japan in september right. but i don't know we're meant to get there but right. apparently japan's all ready to go so i think we might have to cancel and south america's been cancelled but england I don't know, we've got an NHS gig in October. I've, hopefully that'll be able to happen, but I, I can't see anything happening me, man, until next year. All right, and where do, where do you think you are now? Where do you think you are from a solo point of view? Are you, you know, is this gonna, are you going to crack on? I thought I read somewhere last week that you, you had a couple of albums left and you were going to call it a day, or have I imagined no, that? No, I was, just, I was just winding people up, you know, the haters. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm going to do it forever, man, Chris. You know what I mean? As long as I Good can for do you. it for, man, because this is all I can do. You know what I mean? Good for you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From a soap superstar to the undisputed Don of Documentary, our next guest ticks all the boxes. Part two of his brilliant Living with Dementia special continues tonight at 7.30 on ITV. And here to tell us all about it is the tough guy with a heart of gold. It's the one and only Ross Kemp. Good morning, Ross, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. How are you, mate? I'm very well. How are you today? Yeah, a bit damp, isn't it? It is, very, yeah, <laughs> it is very Not, damp. not dented, spirit's still up. It is very damp. So, uh, the footy last night and your programme tonight, OK, uh, this is all very good stuff. Uh, well done on this programme, Living With Dementia. Thank uh, you, mate. Episode two tonight, you can catch up with episode one uh, via the ITV Hub. Now, you, mi- you meet uh, one of your old pals, an absolute legend, and you meet a brand-new legend to the rest of us and some other superstars in between. Ross, it's over to you. I don't know how you want to talk about this. Um, your show has made the front page of The Sun today. My Babs will be in a care home soon. This is emerging from an interview you did with uh, Scott Mitchell and it airs on your show this evening. Well, he's a good friend of yours as well, isn't he, Chris? Yes, you know he's a decent, decent human being. And, and Barbara and him, you know, as soon as she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, decided to go public and, and campaign. It's still, despite what we've been through, it's still the biggest killer in the UK. Around 70,000 people die of dementia every, every year, and there is no cure for it. And as it's still considered a social issue rather than a medical problem, most of those 850,000 people that are diagnosed with it, 700,000 people that care for them are generally loved ones. And, you know, Scott, in a very powerful, very emotional, very honest interview in the show tonight, basically says that he's been told by the experts that he's no longer going to be in a position to be able to give the care that Barbara now needs. And um, I interviewed him just, like, last time I saw Barbara was in February, and just after that I did the first interview with him that went out last week. And you know Scott, you know Scott really well. You know, you can see the toll that it's had on him um, this, this time during lockdown. And sadly, the fact that, that Barbara's illness has got so much worse in, in, in lockdown. 
Yeah, and the conflict that that's now presented him with, which comes across last night. And, you know, I saw last year when we we had a big old chat, went out for a couple of hours, and there's this real inner conflict. And the thing about Alzheimer's in Scott and Barbara's case, and, you know, even worse in other people's cases, it doesn't claim one victim, it claims two. Mm, exactly. one, who, one who gets to live. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the people who care go through incredible guilt issues. Um, and I think one of the things that Scott wants to get out there is the fact that, you know, you've got you've to you've just get through this. You've got to fight your way through it. And he's done that. And he's, he's done such an amazing job. You know, I know with your help as well, Chris, you've been really, 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 really helpful and in, in terms of raising awareness and raising money. So congratulations to you, mate. But um, the other thing about it is, is it doesn't just affect old people. People have got an idea that it just affects old people. In the episode tonight, we meet Penny, who's five years old. She has some Philippo syndrome which is a form of dementia and she knew more at three years old than she does at five mm. and her family have decided that while she's around they're going to celebrate as much as they possibly can do and put their grieving on hold until she goes and i think that my god is a sack you know we've both got kids i mean how do you do that how do you go through that process um i just think they're such a brave i think everybody who's confronted by this disease whether they be in middle age whether they be in later life or whether they be very young like penny the families are so incredibly brave and they deserve to be recognized for that and i think we have to seriously look down the line whether we still consider this to be a social issue or is it a medical issue because it is a disease and it has no cure you know this you know is there anything more tragic than than uh dementia yes there is and it's childhood dementia it is so sad the sequence mm. with it i mean thankfully it's, it's it's rarer by some way but it's still there and if you also think chris we've got 850,000 plus now in 20 years time that's going to double and in 20 more times that will triple and if you're born in 2015 there's a one in three chance of getting it if you're a female and a one in four chance of getting it if you're a male it's only half an hour this this episode but it's got so much in it you know and as i say you, you you're just moving from one environment full of superstars to another yeah you know. Yeah, and, and, and it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and it's probably a very hard watch, but I would urge people to watch it because, you know, we are, we're all possibly at some point a family member may be diagnosed looking at, you know, looking at the numbers of people that are contracting this disease. And so, you know, please, you know, look at it and begin to understand the issue of dementia because it's not going anywhere because there is no cure. Uh, do you remember the first time you ever met Barbara? Yes, I do. Tell us about it that. It was at a charity lunch, luncheon, and she came up to me, and I had a conversation with her, and you know what she's always been like. She's always put a public before herself. Yeah. She was kind, loving, very, very funny, and then I met her again three weeks later, and at that point I just said, you have to be the Mitchell's mum. <laughs> Who else could be the Mitchell's mum? You have to be. And I remember walking out on set with her for the first time as well. She did the first thing with me out on what we call the lot. And she said, darling, hang on a minute. And she went around the corner and she threw up. So and the nervous. Was she was so nervous because, you know, when I walked on there, I was an arrogant little twit. I didn't know, really. I had nothing to, to lose or to gain, really. Well, maybe I had a lot to gain, but I had nothing to lose. When she walked on that set, a nation 
was waiting for her to yeah. come on that set. So she, you know, as always, though, she rose to the challenge. And you look at her career, Chris. I mean, it, you know, it spans 50 years. And she's worked, not, not me, but she's worked with the true greats, the Kenneth Williams or the Carry On lot. But she was also, you know, she was doing, um, you know, vaudeville. She, she could sing, dance, act. Amazing uh, range. Um, and as you know, she always punched well above her weight. One of the funniest stories she ever told me was, that one of her husbands, Ronnie Knight, who was quite a notorious chap himself, taught her how to hit people with chairs. And she said, the only time I tried it, I lifted the chair up and I toppled over backwards. <laughs> She's so funny. All right, Ross, uh, lovely. Thanks for joining us this morning. I know you're busy this morning. Have a great uh, morning and we'll tune into your show tonight. Ross Kemp, Living with Dementia, episode two tonight, 7.30pm. It's a must-watch. Uh, Ross there, uh, you know, he's saying it's a tough watch. It, it is a tough watch, but it's one of those programmes you watch and after it, it just, it, you know... It, from a selfish point of view, it just makes you feel so much more grateful for everything and everyone around you. And then when you when you sort of take that on board, you may be in a better position to help other people that you thought you didn't have time for before it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We've heard from three colossal guests already today, but there's still so much great stuff to come, including some of the smartest brains in journalism, Asma Mia, Stig Abel and Tom Newton-Don delving into their respective shows on the forthcoming Times Radio launching Monday, June 29. And the endlessly talented Reggie Yates tells us about writing his chilling new BBC drama, Make Me Famous. All that's still to come, so let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next? Not content with being a successful presenter and documentary maker, our next guest has decided to be brilliant at something else too. His first scripted film, Make Me Famous, is available to stream now on BBC Three via the iPlayer. And here to tell us all about it is the endlessly talented Reggie H. Good morning, <laughs> Reggie! Hello, good morning. How are you doing, Chris? Hello, guys. I'm very well. How are you today? I'm really good. Listen, I watched yeah. it yesterday. Well done, congratulations. Is there no end to your talents? Tell us about the, this new offering you have for us. Uh, sure, yeah. So uh, Make Me Famous is a drama that I've actually written and uh, it's currently on BBC iPlayer uh, Thursday the 25th. Uh, next week, Thursday at 9pm, it will be on BBC One. Um, it's a drama that follows in a line of a long line of really uh, amazing dramas inspired by social issues and social uh, moments that really do concern uh, not just young people, but everyone, uh, such as uh, Killed by My father, uh, murdered by my boyfriend, killed by my dad. Uh, this is a one-off drama that is about the realities of fast fame, and it's a, a deep dive into mental health and, and identity, and it's essentially about a young man's uh, experience off the back of being on a popular reality show 
and suddenly being seen by the world as a very different person to who he truly feels that he is because of the character that he pretended to be. So um, it's a, a, an hour-long drama that really explores some of the, the, the perils that some of these young people that go on these shows actually go through. You know, there's, there's so much in it. You know, it's one hour long. There's so much in it. It's so layered. It's, it's so sophisticated. How do you write something and how do you produce something? How do you cast it? How do you direct it? Um, um, how do you edit it with, with so much in yet it's, it seems to still be able to take its time yeah well um, the, 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 the difficult thing about this is trying to find a way to produce a, a believable story without finger pointing you know and that required drafts and incredible producers I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have an amazing team around me to yeah. help me get there but also and I think most importantly what we did was sit down with people that have been on reality shows. You know, I did confidential interviews with ex-contestants from uh, various different reality programs. And um, being from a unique perspective myself as a writer, you know, I've hosted these shows in the past. Mm. And um, I'm also part of a generation that remembers uh, reality TV as being a social experiment. Do you remember that first series of Big Brother when yes, we were all like, oh, this is, yeah. this is a really incredible opportunity to see who we are as people. Mm. I'm part of that generation, and I'm also part of the generation that have seen these shows become the biggest thing on TV and not feel part of that obsession because it just doesn't sit with me. So I've got this really unique perspective, plus I was able to meet people and sit and talk with them at great length about what they've experienced both on the show and more importantly because of where our show takes place, what happens after. The last time I saw you, I don't know if you remember, was around Carnaby Street. Do you remember that? Yes, that was really nice. Yeah. And uh, I said, I said, God, blimey, Rachel, you don't half look good. And uh, you said, like, you, Chris, you, you know me. I'm, all, I, I'm always t- turned up. I always t- I'm always turned out perfectly. And you are. You're always turned out immaculately. <laughs> um, have you been able to sort of relax a little bit in lockdown, or do you miss not dressing up to the nines every time you leave your own front door? Chris, I am virtually horizontal, mate. You should see me. <laughs> I look like a yeti. I've got the world's worst beard. Right. I look terrible. My hair's grown out. I think I'm not entirely sure. I haven't combed my hair in so long. I may have dreadlocks at the back. Right. I'm not sure. So, um, yes, uh, I am not immaculately turned out. And I do not remember the last time I saw my shower. And but, proudly so. But, you, but you, I mean, that is, that is one of your calling cards, isn't it? You are absolutely on the money uh, when it comes to sartorial elegance. When, when did that start? Is it all, have you always been a sort of a follower of fashion? I don't know if I am. I don't know. I just... Um, yes, you are. I've, of course you uh, are. Okay, well, look, the truth is this, right? I have been one of those unfortunate souls that has spent my entire formative years on screen. Think about it. All of your embarrassing teenage photos are actual TV programs in my life. Oh. So the stage <laughs> when I had a terrible moustache, there's a TV program that shows that. The era when I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to wear cords for six months. That's on screen. Everything that I've done bad when it comes to fashion... <laughs> I, don't, I can't believe you had a cord period. I think we've all had one, but I've only just realised that now. I think, I've had a, I think I've had several. I've had thick cord periods. I've had thin cord periods. I've had turn-up cord peri- periods. Oh, my... I'm a, I think I'm heading towards another one as we speak. Mate, I, I, I did a year of double denim, and it's all oh, there. It's all on the internet for everyone denim. to see. So I just think that this is karma saying, all right, you don't know what you're doing, 
but somehow you're getting it right and people can see this side of you now because you we've are. spent so many years of you getting it wrong. Right, now on, on uh, Monday we're launching a special edition of our uh, 500 Words Writing Competition. So it's a special pop-up edition. Uh, we've got it together in the last 72 hours. It's called 500 Words Black Lives Matter and it's a nationwide think piece for kids. Uh, we've got two categories, 11s and under, 11s and over. Um, and it's a thought experiment and it, it's, the brief is simply this. Uh, write 500 words or less on Black Lives Matter. Your take on any of it, regardless of, of your own culture, your own heritage, your own class. And we're launching it on Monday and we couldn't be more excited. What tips do you have now that you are a bona fide telly writer and you have this big smash <laughs> drama on BBC One uh, next week <laughs> at 9pm? Any tips for people who want to dip their toe into the world of writing? Uh, yes, it's very simple, really. I think authenticity is everything. If you're going to write anything, find your truth in the words that you put on the page and try and find a way to say something that no one else has said before. I think uh, we sort of neglect just how individual we are and can be when it comes to being creative. So if you are going to write something, just make sure it's something only you could say and also make sure it's something that feels new and feels different. I love that. Say, write something only you can say, because if you do that, also you'll never have a writing rival, because you can't have a yeah. rival if, you, if you're ploughing your own furrow. There's only one you. There's only one you, and nobody can be a better you than you, so why spend your life trying to be someone else? I, Reggie, I love you! <laughs> I love you! I always have, but I, I didn't realise how much until today. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. On Monday, 29th of June at 6am, the way you get your news will be changing. Times Radio's bringing together the finest names in journalism, and they don't come much finer than our next guest. Please welcome a man whose name is revered throughout Westminster. It's the titan of talk, John Pino. Good morning again, John! Hi, hello, Chris. These build-ups just get bigger and better. <laughs> and they're going to continue all the way to a week on Monday and uh, June the 29th. So, last time we talked to you, and your name was pretty much first out of the bag, as far as this show was concerned, to be associated with the brand new Times Radio, you were chomping at the bit to get on the air. How are you feeling today? Oh, just, just absolutely more of the same. Gnawing. I've swallowed the bit and I've regurgitated. I'm eating it again. I can't wait. We're going to, going to be there in a couple of weeks' time, a couple of Mondays' time. And look, it can't come a nanosecond too quickly. I wish we were on air, on air now. Yeah. You know, not just with what's going on, but just because you want to be doing what you, what you do. And there's always a good time to do that. There's never a bad time to do that. But right now, it doesn't just feel like a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the important thing. If, you, if you're in our business, the important thing to do. Right, big, big stories around. Um, they've never been bigger. And there's never been a conflation of such big stories at, at one time. And you have a particularly incisive theory, I think, on, on to why they're, having, why they're landing so hugely with everyone, it would seem, and why this time uh, the consequences of, of what's going on may be um, more seminal than perhaps before. Yeah, I mean, we were talking just a moment ago, as you said, um, off, off, off air, about the pandemic and what was really, really striking about it. And you asked, have I ever seen anything like it? Well, of course, the answer in a moment was, was no, not in nearly three decades at the BBC and a decade in Fleet Street. I've been doing that that long uh, Chris, not for a second have I seen anything like this, but I think the impact isn't even necessarily widely enough appreciated. And we talked about the, the Black Lives Matter um, movement, which yeah. is sweeping the world, not just the USA. Yeah. And I, I'm certain that this may, if you can be certain about something that may, but I'm certain this may actually be a moment of change when it comes to the question of racial equality, the relationship between minority communities like the Afro-American community in the USA or like black people and other minorities in this country or wherever you go. It could be a moment of change, a turning point. Why? 
because it happened during the pandemic. Because what happened to, to George Floyd on, the, on that street that lasted nine, nine minutes overall, that was seen by many, many millions of TV viewers discussed on radio all over the world listened to and seen by people who were locked down in their own homes, but locked down in their own homes with the TV on or the radio on. People absorbing what was going on out there more, I think, more intensely, I think, than we've ever seen in our history, in human human history. And the impact, you can start to see the impact if you look around at the, the demonstrations across the world. Big marches in this country, bigger marches in the, the USA. Presidential candidate Joe Biden piling in. Donald Trump, very carefully, not not joining in the argument, which says a lot just in itself. Mayors, police forces, talk of defunding the police, you name it, that's going on. And in this country, another row going on as of yesterday, with the Prime Minister promising what he called an inequality commission, into what's going on there, with a great chorus going up, well, why another commission? Why has it taken this long? And so on and so on and so on. And so I think we could see change. It's hard to see the precise form of that change, because there'll be an awful lot of marching, an awful lot of argument, before we ever get near to some sort of conclusion, if you can get to a conclusion, and I don't really think that you can. But that's just one reason, I think, why this is, well, for all of us in our lifetime, such a moment. You know, our our kids are going to be telling their grandkids. Yeah. About, about these months in the way that, you know, my parents and grandparents' generation used to speak about World War, World War II and people like me or you could barely comprehend what they were talking about. Yeah, and it took years for it to filter down, if it ever filters down at all, if it ever lands fully, you know, in our hearts, our minds and our souls. But of course now, because of phones smartphones because things can be streamed live uh, you know a lot more people can become connected uh, a lot more easily and efficiently and um the the protests the support the events you know supporting uh george floyd's family and, and um civil rights and equal rights for everybody around the globe um have, have never been have never come together so quickly uh, and have never lasted longer you know you look at 1968 you know very similar things happened then 2014 then when barack obama was the president of course um and you think you think well if it didn't change then why would it change now but as you say people have been locked down they've been reflecting upon their own lives what's important in their own lives they've been reflecting on themselves yeah. they've been alone with their thoughts yeah. and if you're alone for long enough with your thoughts they they you stop having them yeah. and you, you get a, a a, a cleaner canvas and you know if you st- stay in that situation for long enough you get a, a brand new canvas and you can start again and it's yeah. a, this whole opportunity for us all to start again maybe. absolutely agree with every every word of that and if you remember back to you remember 1992 um the 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 the, 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 the king the rodney king affair who yeah. was beaten and kicked by a big group of police officers in los angeles and then very quickly after that, South Central Los Angeles was on fire. Yep. And it wasn't just South Central LA. You had, a, you had an argument, a controversy, almost to compare with what we're seeing now back, back then. But of course, time passed. And as you say, we've had a black president since then. We've had many, many more incidents to compare with that, with that incident. And it doesn't feel that, that things have moved on enough. You're so ready for this, aren't you? <laughs> You can tell. You've got 13 days to go. Well, you could go on the air like now. Yeah, I could go on yesterday. I could, I could sit where you are. Uh, see, I've been in similar situations, and I've I've, I've said to people, um, which, let's just go on this week. Let's just get let's get on the air. Let's fall on the. Air. I think we said the same thing about this show. Yeah, we did a year and a half ago because we were all around the week before coming in, testing the studio. Said, look, we are ready. We are good to go. We are ready to go. Um, you're not. You don't have a co-host. You, you have contributors. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah I mean, um, um, you had Asma in 
yesterday. And, yeah, and you're holding so what a, what a wonderful operator. Awesome. That is. And that show, this does sound like an advert. You're just going to have to forgive me, but it's going to be a great show. Breakfast on up against Radio. us, up against up, us, up against you. I'm, you know, that's all I'm saying about There's that. Always a downside. Yeah. I don't, want to be, don't want to be rude to my to my host, but I, but I'll be doing it solo uh, between four and seven on the drive time program. So I don't have a co a co presenter, but I will be talking to people. You know, pretty much all the time. Right, you have to stop this now. I'll tell you why. Because Brian has just texted the show. Um, I cannot wait for the return of the top man, uh, Mr. Peanut. He's a breath of fresh air compared to most. Yeah, but look, we like him too, but you can't start texting our show about how good he is, <laughs> all right? Because that's just not allowed. John, good luck. You don't need it. Well, we all, luck, we always all need it, but you know what I mean. Cheers, mate. Uh, John Pienaar, um hitting the airwaves of Times Radio a week on Monday. Drive time with John from Monday, June 29. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. What sort of person would dare leave the BBC and start doing a breakfast show on a commercial station? If only there was someone we could ask. Oh, she's an award-winning journalist and is heading up the breakfast show on the soon-to-be-rocking Times Radio. So please welcome the always crystal clear, Asma Mir. Yeah, good morning, Asma Mir. Good morning. And she's actually in the studio yes. with us. This I is have. quite incredible. I love it. Actual human beings. I know, I Who know. aren't four years old. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about, first of all, your lockdown uh, 12 weeks. How's it been for you? It's been hell. Sorry, was I not supposed to say that? It has. So I'll tell like. you why. Because homeschooling. Yeah. Uh, because just, yeah, just tantrums and not just mine. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's been yeah. really Enough tough. about you. What about <laughs> exactly. the kids? A lot of swearing. Um, yeah, look, we have to put it into context. Some people have had terrible lockdowns, have not been able to see their, you know, relatives. They've, they've been ill, etc. We've had none of that. But it's been really tough because when you have a child who is that young and who's just got into the groove of going to school all of a sudden they're not allowed to go to school you're not allowed to see your friend if you see your friends in the park i'm going to pull you away from them so it's been difficult but um i mean i've kind of um been curating a nice lockdown belly you know with all the food that i've been eating yeah yeah it can go either way can't it you can be fitter or fatter yeah well i've been doing both i've been running and eating loads so it's kind of it's not really worked but hey right so you've been moving under lockdown and you've been moving from a career point of view uh you left Mm. the bbc radio for uh in april can i first of all thank you for your six years on saturday live because i love saturday live and i love you and rich together that you were you were my saturday morning dream team oh wow thank you very much that's so nice to say i I love doing that programme and I love working with Richard. And actually, that was the hardest thing, just knowing that I probably, well, I'm not going to see him again regularly. I know he's coming. Is he? Yeah, I think week two. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> no, I mean, we could do a lot worse than Richard coming over as well, couldn't we? Well, absolutely. I mean, hey, watch the space. But um, I just, you know, I I just kind of, I love doing the programme. You know, the great thing about it is kind of what you do. It's like this whole thing of connect and really actually connecting to listeners and then bringing them in and letting them come into the studio and talk about things that, crazy, amazing things that have happened to them in their lives. Right, so Times Radio launches from this very building on Monday the 29th of June and we all, we are genuinely so excited about the launch of this radio station yeah. so your new Richard is Stig Abel yeah. now I love Stig comes on this show I love Stig I love his brain I love his being I love his aura I love his intellect <laughs> I love his generosity uh, how well do you know Stig how will the show work how will your roles be divided I don't know Stig at all right. I do not know Stig at all I have met him three or four times and my impression well when I met him the first time I thought yes this is someone I can work with Yeah. because if it wasn't I would have just 
give I don't you know I didn't need to I could have stayed at the BBC I yeah. had a great job there but when I met him I thought yes, this could work and that's the most important thing because you know over the years I've worked with lots of different co-presenters and in the early days it, it was they were quite difficult you know because they were so much older than me now the great thing Chris is that I'm older <laughs> than everyone I'm older than Stig I'm eight years older than him are you him. really yeah so I you, you know who's boss okay. and it's me alright good Stig I know we'll be listening because he does listen to this show in fact one of the downsides of him taking that on that show is that you won't listen to this show anymore um, I am very excited for you Asma. It's, it's great for you I'm so glad you came in and you're working today you're going to have a go today are you? yeah we're going to have a little you know little play in the, yeah in the studio and see see if it works I'm sure it will okay uh, we'll play away and uh, nice to see you and welcome thank you very much welcome to the Winers Group ace, ace to have you here more superstar radio gold talent in the building I love it and that first the first things you say at 6 o'clock on Monday morning that's that's history that is oh I hope I don't stumble welcome to Times Radio this is fantastic it's very exciting it is actually by the way you know he's available from 6 to 6.30 and for the right price he could be available from 6 till 10 don't worry about that The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, big intro, please, if you don't mind. Times Radio is broadcasting across DAB online via app and smart speakers very soon. And of course, it all starts with The Breakfast Show. Here to tell us how they'll be kicking off on Monday the 29th of June is the host that's very ready, very willing and very Stig Abel. Yay! Good morning, Stig. Morning, Chris. How you doing? Good. How's it feel being in here with with what's about to happen to you out there? It's, uh, you know, you talk about other stations that we're modelling on. This is a show that we want to model an awful lot on. I, in fact, what I want to do, I just want to sit in the corner and, and hang out in here. This is a, it's, a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely, well, I've got eight days left or seven days, what have I got? Eight days left or something to do that before I have to go and uh, do my own show. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd quite like to just spend that time hanging out here. If that's well, that's, right. not a, that's not the worst idea in the world, is it? You know, um, I've often, you know, if I want things to happen, I go and hang around where they might happen and it increases the chances of them happening and they usually do. So yeah. maybe the Friday before, especially, maybe you come on the air, you and Asma, uh, come on the air the Friday before, a week this Friday, and ju- just hang out and do bits and bobs and just... Yeah, just, we should do that. Because you had her on Monday, I heard that, and it was, it was great. And look, we're... So it's a strange experience. But what, the whole point of our breakfast show, uh, we say, is, is discovering what's going on in the, in the world, discovering the day. And the idea is... Asma and I are going to get up with everyone and effectively spend our four hours working out what's going on, things you might have heard, explaining them, you know, getting to the heart of what, what's going on. And we have to do that ourselves in our relationship because yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've hung out with her now quite a bit, but, you know, we only met in November, December. She actually, you know, we've, we've done three or four things together. We did a pilot yesterday morning, which went uh, pretty well. So we're learning. We're coming out of lockdown. This station is kind of an epitome of what's going on in the whole country because we're coming coming out of all sitting in our rooms looking a bit bewildered and worrying about what the future is going to be. We're having to try and seize the future by doing it now. Uh, it's not the ideal way of launching a radio station, but we're kind of grasping it as an, as an opportunity. So everything we do is kind of supposed to be mirroring the experience of uh, of the listener. You know, we're going to get up and we're going to try and work out what the hell's going on. And, and you know, it's, it's a bewildering time. It's a worrying time. And you know, the great thing about radio, is, as, as, as you know, and this show does, is it's supposed to be kind of comfort and conversation and um, uh, an empathy. You know, I think empathy is the great, most important human characteristic. It's why reading is so important, because it trains you in thinking into the mind of someone else. It's why radio works, because we, we share our own uh, minds together. Empathy is the most important thing of the human condition, and, and we've got to try and have that in the station, have it in our show, so people can turn in and think, 
Yeah, I wanted to know that. Yeah. You know, I wanted someone to ask that question. You know, I can't bear people who snooty look down and say, well, of course, as you know, so-and-so said this. Because oh, yeah, yeah. people might not know that. And one of the roles of uh, a presenter, I think, is to be confident enough in your own intelligence that you don't need to show off and you can ask a basic question and you can hold your hand up and say I don't know the answer to that I don't know please explain that to me and I want this idea of discovering the day is the thing we keep saying with the, with the breakfast show let's try and find out what's going on we'll find out what's going on for ourselves and for the listener together and you know four hours is a long time to do that so we should by you know by 10 o'clock in the morning we should have had a good crack at everything that's going on the only the only but the only bump in your future radio road that i can see and i don't know whether i should say this out loud or not um is the fact that you are going to be more interesting than any guest you ever have and i think if i was in charge of times radio i would say to asma i would say right asma she drives the show she tells everyone what's going on and then and then Stig just says what he thinks about it and then we finish at 10 and somebody else comes on. That's what you should do. Because your reflection, your, your view, your lens, your reflection, uh, your, your thought experiments, you know, your, your, your thinking generally. I love hearing you have a flow to you. How are you going to... When, you, when you're more interesting and uh, you're more sort of... What you have to say is more relevant, uh, I think, about matters than many of your guests will have to say... How are you going to fit them in? What's the point of booking them? Well, I don't think that's right. And also, I, I think that ego is a very dangerous yeah, thing. No, but I don't think in, you have one. No, and I, but I think that's right. You shouldn't have an ego. You've got to, you've got to know you got to know when to listen. I mean, the other thing, you know this from, from the places you've worked. There is nothing worse than an interviewer who has got eight questions to ask. And someone says something like, you know, after question three, they talk about their mum dying. And the interviewer goes, okay, question four. And as if they've said, they could have said it. They oh, could have, you they, mean they the have, press briefings, uh, uh, 10 Downing Street press briefings well, yeah, that have been going on at the moment? All of them. But also interviewers in radio stations do it. They've got, they know they've got to hit their seven questions and they just ask their seven questions. You could say anything. You could confess to murder in the question three and they'd still ask you question four because that's what's been, 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 been set down. And I think listening um, is, is as much as important. And, and being interested, and, and this is what, what you've, you've done over the, the years. You, if, if, you do, if, you, if you want to know what someone thinks... Then you'll ask it in the right way, and you'll you'll pause and 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 you'll reflect. But what I do want is it's a fair point that some breakfast shows um, and some stations they're very rigid. You know they don't want the presenter to actually pause and think about how it, what it means to mm, them. You're so right, and this is why you need to tune in to Times Radio <laughs> and the Breakfast Show a week on Monday, uh, the 29th of June. Uh, Stig also has a book out, but it's not till November. So uh, I'll come either, back. I'll come back and talk about or it. Or you can go on your own show and interview yourself about it because right. now you have one. Yeah, I'll do that. Can I can I, can I, can I, can I do both, Chris? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck with the rest of today. Uh, it's a joy to be in the same building as you. No, uh, straight and, back uh, at you, Chris. It's a, it's, we're really excited. But one of the reasons we're excited is. Is, there's this there's this sort of volcano of energy coming out of the 17th floor because of you guys okay and, and that's gonna we we, we we need that as well Well, we look forward to the next eruption because yeah. of you guys thank you the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio they say the pen is mightier than the sword well as our next guest is about to find out the microphone's not bad either times radio will soon be blasting out across the uk so please welcome it's smooth suave
suave and sophisticated chief political commentator. He used to be at The Sun. It's Tom Newton Dunn. Good morning, Tom Newton Dunn. He used to be at The Sun. Thank you, David. Good morning, Tom. Thank you very much. I do try and get my name to rhyme with all my jobs. I need to work on the Times Radio bit. Maybe we'll go down the, okay. the battle office. Uh, I bet you can't wait for this. I can't wait for you to get on the air. I've loved you on the Sky News Review. Um, every, every, I love that slot anyway, 10.30, 11.30, uh, seven nights a week. You've enjoyed that. First of all, how did you get involved in, in that aspect of your job? Politics is, has ups and downs. It becomes interesting, more uh, less interesting. And when it's really interesting, everybody wants to know about it. It's one of those sort of boom industries. So uh, the likes of me in print get sucked onto broadcast and uh, you have to try and explain things. And, and it's fun. It's, it's a different way of doing business. And, you know, some say the print industry may not have many years left in it. I'd slightly disagree, but... I think in a few years' time, all journalists will be doing pretty much everything. Print, broadcast, thought. We'll all be, we'll all be one. All right, listen to what Tom's job is going to be, everyone, on Times Radio, uh, kicking off at 6am a week on Monday, Monday, June 29, brand new radio station, Times Radio. Describe your job as far as, as you've been told what it might entail. Well, it's twofold. Uh, first, I'm the chief political commentator for the station, which yes. is a massively pompous-sounding title. I like it. Uh, it's good, isn't it? It's incredibly long as well. You never get that on a business card. Uh, and that means basically going on every show across the schedule updating people what's going on breaking stories a bit of insight whatever we can get our hands on down in Westminster okay so so you do you shout do you do you give them a heads up say I, I, it's Tom here it's uh, 2211 um I, I got a good five minutes for you should you require it um will they be, will there be more of a to and a fro um will you have a Madonna mic a roving microphone will you, do you have your own little Westminster studio in your own little bubble well, we're working on a little Westminster studio, actually. I can't possibly go into any more details. If the BBC find out what we're up to, then they'll, they'll kill us. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've just gone and set it on air already. Uh, so there's that. But I'm told you, the amazing art of 21st century broadcasting, you don't even need a microphone or an ISDN line, all that clunky stuff. You can do it down an app on your phone, which I've yet to install, but there's a there's a few days left so to do. So you're going to be doing that. That's exciting. So, so for example, and when. let's take today, or let's take yesterday, because people know what happened yesterday, or some people may know what happened in Parliament yesterday. So uh, you would start... Presumably on the breakfast show yesterday, you've been on the breakfast show and you would have been talking about the U-turn, the Rashford U-turn uh, yeah. with the Prime Minister. Would that have been the number one story for yesterday morning? Or Yeah, what was going on yesterday? There was a Rashford U-turn. Uh, there was quite a bit. There was uh, the big PMQs dust up between uh, Starmer and Johnson. So we're probably trying to preview that. So I'd have come on the breakfast show, yeah. done quite a long slot, maybe you know, previewing, previewing the day, teeing up what's what, working out what's with happened Asma overnight. With Asma and Stig Abel. With Asma and Stig Abel. Wow. Then the, then the day would move through. Anything that breaks, I, I then have to ring up and say, look, guys, this is a good story. We should come on. Uh, and then there's sort of more fixed slot. There's the, the drive time slot in the afternoon yeah, yeah. with John Pienaar. But I think the advantage we've got yes. is a lot of other radio stations, not to, not to necessarily name them, are very formulaic <laughs> and they've been going on for a very long time uh, and they do this then, they do that them. the other time. <laughs> so you're well, Radio 4, 5 Live, LBC. Say, for example, a big political story breaks in the middle of the arches. Yeah. You're not going to cut into the arches no, to, to get to your politics. You, you so could try. We're a lot more flexible, and hopefully we'll be able to do things quickly and bring the listeners what they want to hear when they want to hear so it. So would you, would you like to try and predict PMQs? Because we know that Keir Starmer would have gone in with the uh, school uh, meals, uh, take, school vouchers being taken into summer, and why wouldn't the government acquiesce to this? Because everybody knew it made sense. But, but then um, yeah. number 10 uh, made the U-turn, maybe to take uh, the wind out of his sails. Would you do all that kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. Trying to work out what's going to come. The art of politics, basically, the art of political reporting, here's a cheeky little secret, it's basically forecasting. Right. It's trying to work out who's going to do what next and 
so you can sound incredibly uh, clever when, when they do end up doing it. And the beautiful thing is when they don't end up doing it, everyone forgets your projections anyway. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But someone like PMQs, you try to work out where, where Starmer's going. PMQs is a really good example, yes, because, you know, education, kids not going out to school, kids not getting free school meal vouchers was obviously a hot topic. But So we knew Starmer was going to bring that, but what was Boris Johnson going to do about it? And yeah. the interesting Boris Johnson yesterday, for example, is he's developing this theme, this attack line into Keir Starmer now that he's just a dastard barrister, a hired brief. He'll just pump out whatever line he wants. He doesn't really believe in, in anything. And so it was interesting hearing Boris Johnson trying to rehearse that theme yesterday. And when he finished answering one of his questions, for example, he turned to speak and said, your witness, Mr. Speaker, <laughs> which is really, a, a quite nice line. It's really well Keir Starmer up, didn't it? It did. OK, uh, good, a, a good time for stories in politics. Uh, you know, uh, lots of tune and throwing. Uh, it seems like heavyweight politics is back, doesn't it? It, ju- it just is. We thought it had gone away maybe forever, but it, it hasn't. No, it, it's the thing about politics is you never really know what's coming around the corner. And clearly we've gone through two, three, four years of, of real choppiness with Brexit. We lost a couple of prime ministers along the way. Yeah. We thought we've got ourselves out of this tangle and come to some sort of, if not national resolution, then sort of a political answer anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, along comes coronavirus. And I think the effect of coronavirus is is going to be enormous. It's going to upturn the economy, not just people losing a lot of jobs quite early on, but the effect it will have of, of change. You know, entire industries, uh, their decline could accelerate. Different working habits uh, will have a lot more people in need of, of, of state benefits, which basically means we're either going to have to cut state spending elsewhere or pay a load more taxes. So the, the entire sort of balance we, we might have just crept towards over three or four years is completely up in the air all over again. Good luck. Thank you very much. Nice to meet Thank you. you. Thank you. You've been very generous. Flesh. Let's have an elbow bump. <laughs> That's allowed, isn't it? I think so. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Being stuck at home is undoubtedly challenging, but it doesn't mean you can't move, meditate and be mindful. The new audio home workout session, The Here and Now, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, stretch those hammies and loosen up as it's time to witness the fitness of Chloe (laughs) Maidley. Morning, Chloe. (laughs) Good morning, Chris. How are you, my dear? Very well. How are you? Good, yeah. It's lovely to hear your voice. It's like a connection to the world that once was. Yeah, well, it's still here. I can can, uh, reassure you of that. Right, who are you you with on this and what? What are you doing? I, I listened to it yesterday. It's very good. Yeah, it's really interesting. So uh, Penguin Random House, who are my publishers, came to me at the beginning of lockdown and said, look, we're doing an audiobook called The Here and Now, and it's basically designed to help people stay present, stay mindful, stay active, so, you know, we don't all go completely so crazy in lockdown. Would you like to contribute? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And there were five authors, and I think it's a, there's a section on sleep, there's a section on food, a section on exercise, which is mine, called Mindful Movement. And the whole thing is basically designed to help you connect with your mind, connect with your body, and stay present during a, a pretty uncomfortable time, really. Yeah, now I was talking to, off the air there just to uh, Eddie and to Ozzy Nick and to Vassos about Tash. And this is purely coincidental. So yesterday, uh, my wife uh, entered the room that I was in and she just looked different. She looked like she was glowing. Her eyes had never been whiter. Her skin was radiant. And I said, what have you just been doing? And I thought she'd been for a workout. And she said, I've just been meditating. And she literally, literally looked enlightened. She was glowing. Didn't last for long, five or ten minutes. Um, but, <laughs> but No, no, I'm serious. But she just looked different. She looked magical. Um, and yeah. so, so connecting that kind of uh, meditation, that kind of connection with yourself and exercise and your breathing, what's not to like? I feel like lockdown has had really kind of good points and then really kind of low points. Like for me and James, I think, 
we've had days where we've loved it. We've been in the garden, in the sun, barbecuing. You know, we don't have to be anywhere. We don't have to do anything. And that's wonderful. But then there are times where you think back about, you know, seeing friends, seeing family, like how, how kind of good we once had it. And then you wonder how much longer is this going to go on for? Like, I know that we're, we're quite surprised that we're still here at the, at the house, you yeah. know, not really able to do that much. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's, it's a really nice, it's really important, basically, when you're having a low day or a bad day, to try and pull yourself back into the present. And you can do that with meditation. And there is a section on that in the audio book. Well, you can do that with an exercise class, which is what I do. Or you can do it with cooking. There are so many ways to do yeah. it. And I think that's what Penguin are really trying to cater to here. So I think there's something for everyone to kind of find what they enjoy most and bring them back to the present. You're so right, because, like, for example, with cooking or even cleaning or, you know, tinkering yeah. with your car or gardening, what it does is it just takes your attention away from those thought loops that drive you bonkers. Yeah, I always say to my clients, it's like doing a methodical task, and it can be anything at all, like anything you just mentioned. I know my dad finds it with cleaning his car. <laughs> anything that kind of is methodical that has an outcome that shows you your hard work, like cleaning or cooking or whatever, um, it's, it's a really kind of positive reinforcement to give yourself, and it really will root you to the present. It's, it's a great tactic. I would love to talk to your dad about cleaning a car, because <laughs> your dad is so meticulous and fastidious about everything. He's so binary beautifully binary about the whole world i'd love to i'd love to know richard Maley's technique of cleaning the car because i bet i could pick up a few super hints from him he's like insane about cleaning his car my mum the other day called me and was like your, your father is cleaning the car for the second time today and today I was like, Why did that not <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny they need to get a channel four show again otherwise he's going to drive a mad oh god uh, so chloe um <laughs> The footy's back. Uh, how much would it reel your roost this weekend, do you think, the footy? Not at all. I got really lucky in that rugby players, by and large, don't really watch football and vice versa. Isn't that so interesting? I'm really, we're safe. And I think, actually, the rugby pre-season is, has just been announced. It's going to restart on the 1st of July. So we've still got a few more weeks before I need to kind of worry about rugby taking over the house again. Well, that's breaking news. I didn't know yeah. that. But, of course, your household would be one of the first to know. Just repeat that again, please, Chloe. What about rugby pre-season? No, but rugby coming back, because we haven't heard about this. Tell us more about that. Well, all I know is that I uh, kind of do the nutrition for a few of the boys oh. and that they're kind of planning on going back into pre-season on the 1st of July. I thought all elite sports people watched all elite sports people, regardless of whether they were playing tiddlywinks or whatever, but that's not the case then. No, I definitely think that, that in my experience, the rugby and football communities could not be more different. Mm. Um, so it's quite interesting. But in a way, I kind of want to put the football on again, just because it'll give us a sense of normality. Yeah. The Here and Now, available uh, on Audible, Apple and all major audio retailers. Thank you, Chloe. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. 
Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.